Hello, and welcome to another episode of Actors Inspiration with Amber Wagner. On the other line, I am so excited to talk to a Texan-born actress who started her career playing opposite Academy Award-winning Marley Matlin. Becky Hayes, how are you? Wow, what a lovely introduction. I was not expecting that. How are you, Amber? I'm so happy to hear your voice. How are you? I feel like it's been forever. I know, I know. I think the last time I was hauled up in your bedroom, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, that's very possible for the listeners. Um, Becky and I, and correct me, because I, I know we've talked about this before, and I can't remember. I'm pretty sure you and I met in a workshop, which is how I started following you. And then we connected on Clubhouse over pandemic. Is that right? Yes, you're right. You're right. I think we we'd probably did several. Yeah, we were, we were both going pretty hot and heavy with the workshops for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just for the listeners to know, um, in going into Becky Hayes's IMDb page, Homegirl has fared well during pandemic in the sense of business because she has five films in development, two films in production, one TV show in production, 10 films since 2019, four TV shows since 2019, which is a total of 22 projects since 2019. What? Well, when you put it that way, I guess I've never stopped to think about that. So. Right? Because when you're doing it, it feels like there's so many lulls in between jobs and I haven't worked and oh my gosh, when's my next job? But when you do the math, girlfriend, you have been on fire. I think it's, I don't want to say that the pandemic has been a blessing. I would never say that. Of course. But, but for people that are not based in a major market, it has definitely presented a lot more opportunities to us. Yeah, if, absolutely. If you take advantage of it, you know? Well, and that's just it. And that's where I applaud you. I applaud you in so many ways. But the fact that you are diligent and have been diligent about casting director workshops, would you say that by doing those workshops, you've created some of the relationships that have brought you the a multitude of work that you have had recently? Absolutely, 100%, 1,000%. Um, yeah. I can even cite specifically like my first uh, network credit after 25 plus years came about through a relationship that I made through virtual workshops and then following up with some privates with a very lovely casting director. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible. And, um, you know, I am a huge proponent of the casting director workshops. And I know other people have different opinions about them. And that's totally fine. But I know for certain that some of the doors that have swung open, many of the doors that have swung open for me have been because I've met these casting directors and kept up a just a pleasant relationship with them via social media or whatnot without being naggy, but just staying in contact and, you know, being human about what it is they're posting. Um, so just, you know, I admire, uh, the work that you put into it because it's not like it's just fallen in your lap. I know how hard you work. Well, back at you sister. And I mean that 100%. I see you grinding too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a grind. It is a grind. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you started acting many years ago, as you talked about, and then you took a break how did the original job that you did with Marley Matlin, how did that job come about? 
Oh my goodness. Well, okay, this was so long ago that I don't think I can get in trouble for telling you the truth. I was, I know, I know. I was working in a prop house in North Hollywood and I was living with some actor that my manager had set me up with. He was kind of strange, but anyway, (laughs) I'm not going to say his name. And he was getting breakdowns. Okay. I don't know how he was getting them, but he was getting breakdowns. So I would every morning, and this is this is so bad, but I'm an opportunist, right? You, you know, you take it where you can. So, so I would get the breakdowns every morning in the little graphic department office that I worked at, and I would go around and I was quote quote picking up um, materials and things for the department, and I might have dropped my headshot off. Mm-hmm. A couple of times at some of the studios over there. Yeah, that was when we were actually driving and going to the gates and yep. dropping off hard copies. Yes. So I happened to drop it off. And I remember I came home to Houston for Thanksgiving and I got a call from Mally Finn Casting. And they're wow. like, um, we would like you to come in and read for this huge guest star role. And it was a deaf character. And, you know, that's me. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> so I went in, I, I flew back, freaking out, read for it. And lo and behold, you know, a week later, I, I really could not even fathom that this was true. Um, it was a beautiful experience. Um, I, I, <laughs> funny story. I was not ASL fluent, so I show up on the set, and somehow I had gotten through a series of auditions and callbacks uh-huh. without them mentioning that I was going to be rapid fire signing to my mother, Marley Matlin, Academy Award winner, in several of these scenes, which oh I had never demonstrated in the audition, and so they had hired an onset interpreter for me. And I said, hey, psst, <laughs> come here. I said, you need to make me videos that I can watch back in my trailer. I've got to learn how to do this and look like I know what I'm doing. So she was wonderful and I, I did the best I could, but I know that they, you know, got a very tight shot of me with just the very tips of my fingers yeah. going, you know. But it was, it it worked out, it worked out. And um, I remember we were rapping on the last day and Marley came up to me and she just said, welcome to Hollywood. Yes. And that meant everything to me. That was, ah, she's the nicest person. Oh, I bet. I (laughs) bet. And so for the listeners, um, you were born with a hereditary progressive hearing loss. And by the age of 12, you were probably more like 10, more like 10. 10. Yeah. Okay. And because you grew up hearing, you were able to then read, read mouths and body language so that you never had to learn sign. Is that correct? It, it wasn't really that I never had to. I probably should have. I, okay. I want to say, yes, I probably should have. It would have made my life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, except, you know, 
my entire family has hearing loss. Mm -hmm. I would say about half of my family is at least hard of hearing. Mm -hmm. And we just read lips and pretended like we heard each other. And, you know, did it cause strain in my family? Yes, probably. Um, There's a reason my mom talks this loud. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's funny. I know. Um, You know, um, uh, but I, I had a deaf friend growing up. And she went somewhere called the De- the Houston School for Deaf Children, and they encouraged the children to be verbal and to develop, you know, speaking skills and not to rely on sign language. And I think that just became what I believed too for myself. And mm-hmm. I wanted to be mainstreamed, and it just no one else in my family signed. It it didn't make sense for me. Yeah, yeah. But now I think I sure wish I had. I do. I I wish I had both. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean, I I get it. It's Mm -hmm. um, it's. And so in order for you now to uh, hear and uh, be able to do the work that you do, uh, you have what's called bilateral cochlear implant. Is that what they're called? I, I pronounce it cochlear. I cochlear. Think you, okay. I think you are probably more correct. Cochlear, cochlear. It's okay. the cochlea. The cochlea is the middle ear. So okay. it would make sense that it's cochlear. Well, I whichever just, like, one. It's an implant that they put into your eardrum. Is that how it works? Yes, it is a surgery. Um, it looks kind of like a little fishing lure that kind of takes over your middle ear. And um, I have them on both sides. That's the bilateral part. And I was part of a study. I was one of the first people in in my region to have this done. But I I didn't have much to lose at that point. So (laughs) I was like, sign me up. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. And, and, you know, I would not like until I was told by you or you mentioned it in the thing, I had no idea that you had any hearing issues, you know, your, um, your language, your, you know, the way you verbalize, like everything just comes off. So, you know, with perfection. So it's just, uh, it's fascinating to me, you know, it's a fascinating world that I'm not familiar with. So it sure hasn't stopped you from working. I can say that much. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was just thinking about it going into this interview. The fact that for the most part, none of my bookings had anything to do with my disability. Yes. Um, I've had characters where perhaps their origin story was deafness and my cochlear implants were there. They were prominent. They weren't hidden in any way, but they had nothing to do with my storyline or there weren't a reflection of, of challenges or weaknesses, right. you know? It's, so yeah. it's... We're, we're getting somewhere, I think, in Hollywood, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and have you had the opportunity yet to work with Marley Matlin again? Oh, no. Not no. yet. I, I know in you the will. cards, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you will because everything comes full circle. Like, I don't have a doubt in my, in my mind. So you'd mentioned at the time that that job happened, you were in Los Angeles. And now you're based out of Houston. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And what is the Houston market like? 
the Houston market is non-existent. Okay, great. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I want to say my lovely um, agents that I've had since I was 15 years old here, they are sending me out probably three times a week for commercial auditions in Texas. Okay. So okay. there's that. There's that. There are a lot of commercials made in Texas, apparently. But as far as film and TV, eh, I mean, Austin market isn't terrible, but we're, you know, we're not Atlanta, LA, or New York. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, and what's nice is that you, you are able to have representation in the larger markets. Which market would you say? Um, gives you the most opportunity? Would it be the Southeast or is it Los Angeles or is it, where is it? it it's funny. I think it's pretty even between, well, it's been New York quite a bit lately for some Interesting. reason. I have bi-coastal um, and they're Got LA it. and New York. So they've been getting me the biggest stuff lately, but at Atlanta, Atlanta's hot. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much happening in Atlanta. I mean, it's been happening, but um but yeah, I know that there's a whole nugget of, of goodies in that area. Um, and so with um, having a manager and then representation like agents in other markets, how does that work? Is she able to, to touch into all of the markets or is she just L.A.? How does it work with the, with the management? It's a hot mess, if I'm going to be honest with you. Sure. Um, <laughs> it's a lovely hot mess. Um, yeah, she she does send me out on a couple of things, but most of my opportunities are either self submissions through relationships that I've made with casting directors, or they come through the agent. Interesting. And then I will copy her on our communication, and we just kind of work as a team from there. Like she may um, have a relationship with them, and so she's going to kind of give them a little poke, you know, did you see her tape? Here's yeah. some other stuff. So, um. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It's interesting to have, like, you literally have a team, you know, you, when you've got as many people representing you as you do, um, that is a team. That is, that is a lot to, to coordinate, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, hot nuts. <laughs> but you know as I always say problems of abundance right it's like they are problems of abundance they are problems that there was a day I wish I had you know when I have multiple jobs or multiple opportunities or whatever that like feel a little stressful at the time I always stop and go I wished one day that I had these problems so just move through it absolutely I will never complain about having too many auditions to do and you are never. a powerhouse when it comes to auditions Becky stayed with me sometime last year I think I don't know all the years combined anymore um and you had like four or five auditions just in the short time that you were staying at my house I was like holy Moses well I, I think I'm an opportunist and that's something I've discussed with my manager she's like you've got to come to a point where it's quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. I, I see the merit in, you know, rolling out all of these auditions because it's such wonderful practice. It gets easier and easier for me to memorize and to slip into character and to, you know, I have fun 
literally changing hats and becoming yeah. someone else. You know, I mean, it's fun. Yep. You know. Yes, I you do. Know. And on days when I don't have one, it's it's almost like a little mini depression. I slip into and I'm like, oh, my God, give yourself a day where you're just vegetating or you know, you don't have to put makeup on, babe. It's yes. okay. But yes. it, it bothers me. So yeah. I would, I'd rather go play. I see it yeah. as play. I'd rather yeah. go play. <laughs> I know. It's almost like, feels like something's missing in your day. It's like, but I'm supposed to do this at least once a day, right? Like at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like our playtime. We're like yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it feel it, you know, fuels, it fuels the artist's soul. Um, so I want to talk about some of these projects. And then as we get to the end, if there's um, if there's some that I have not mentioned that you're super excited about that you want to talk about or the character or somewhere you shot, like I want to hear all about it. But I am curious about surviving the cartel. I know that's in production. Is that something that you can talk anything about? Because I'm curious about that one. That was a fun little role. I drove to Dallas to do it. Um I, I don't know a whole lot about that project, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, it was a, a very light and easy role for me, day player role. Okay, great. And how far is, is the drive from, from Houston to Dallas? It's about four hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you just put on a good, put on some good tunes and hit the road. <laughs> you just go. Yeah. We actually, I think we had an interview scheduled then and yep. we decided that definitely car would not provide the best audio quality. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> this this audio is is super sensitive to a lot of movement. In fact, um, this is our second time uh, doing this interview. And it was the last time was, I don't know, it was toward the beginning of, of the podcast. Um, but I don't know if I didn't have my phone on like my, I don't know if I didn't have, there was a time that I remember I had to retape because I didn't have my um, what is it called? The internet, like I, my Wi-Fi wasn't turned on. And so that can screw with the sound or if anybody's moving around like multitasking, that can mess up the sound. So I'm since sure. we, since we <laughs> spoke, you have worked on, I don't know, six or seven projects since the last time we interviewed. Oh my goodness. So I'm, I'm more excited to talk to you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It always happens the way it's supposed to, right? It right, always right. happens the way it's supposed to. So in the films that you have in development, I know a lot of times when things are in pre-production, sometimes they're just, uh, you know, the script has been written or you've, you know, maybe gotten financing. Um, of the projects that are in, uh, in development right now, are any of these um, uh, like uh, the Romanian incident, Eagle Rock, Angel at the Crossroads, any of these films, you have any um, little nuggets of story you have to share about any of these? Um, Angel at the Crossroads is coming up. We actually have a table read this weekend. It is Fun. A, a Christian based film. Um, and I, that is really <laughs> all that I know about it. I know it's it's a local, it's a Texas production. Um, that's all I can say about that. That's um, great. <laughs> that's um, great. I I would love to talk about Ordinary Joe, though. Please do tell me about <laughs> Ordinary Joe. Uh, that's kind of my career high at the present moment. Um, it's I I auditioned so many many times for that show wow. through through Erica, wonderful, loveliest casting director on earth. Yeah, and 
they the other parts were smaller the other roles were smaller and it was like they were holding it out for something better for me um i was completely floored and not expecting a booking it came in randomly one evening and um this show i i flew in for fitting to atlanta the show actually got um postponed because of a covid case Mm. production completely shut down so i had to come back in i ended up coming out three times for that and i was recurring and um you know playing what i consider a, a pretty important role in the show i'm thinking that you know, if and when it, it it will be picked up for season two. It's going nice. to, I believe, that they've got to have me back. They need me. I'm yeah. just mommy. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very excited by that possibility. They are lovely there. I was treated like a queen. Everyone is nicer than I could ever have, have fathomed. Um, I felt like an equal on set. It's just... It was a beautiful experience. Wow. Everyone, everyone should have an experience like that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And I'm so glad that you got that opportunity. And um, so, and that casting director was another relationship that you had created through workshops? Yes. I, mm-hmm. I private, I had a, a few privates with her and she also does um, kind of, what do you call it? Um, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. That's they okay. Consult. Coaching? She does consulting. consulting. Okay. Consulting. Got it. Yeah. So we've gone through my materials and, um, I believe she is also a part of the real editing company that I get my real done through called the casting director's cut. Yeah. Yep, yep. She's there too. So yeah. Yeah. So we just kept, kept meeting crossing paths. So, right. It was another meant to be. It's so true. And it's like there are a lot because the whole thing is in this industry is most people in this industry have side hustle, including casting directors like they get booked, they get paid per job and they're not always working on series or working on a high budget film. So a lot of times they do have a side hustle of whether it be workshops, which don't pay them a lot of money, but it's an extra way to make money and to meet actors. And they also do like you have like the real editing and consultations and coaching and good for them. You know, it's like we all have, we all get to support ourselves in our crafts. And if they are doing things to make money on the side, more power to them. Yeah. We all get to pay our bills. Right. Right. And I, I will go ahead and plug the casting director's cut because I cannot think of a more perfect group of people than casting directors who are looking at self tapes and reels all day to, to edit and, and, you know, mine through all of your footage to find the best, the most sellable footage of you and put it together in a way that catches casting director's attention, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. The casting director's cut. That is fantastic. I'll put a little uh, link in the, in the show notes. Um, What was I going to say on that? The casting director's cut, you said something that made me think of something and it went in one ear and out the other. Oh, that's okay. It'll come to uh, me. Ordinary come Joe, to me. something? Yeah, no. Did I lose you? Oh, 
no, that was just weird. All of a sudden my phone like did this funny thing. I was going to ask you about um, projects that you're still looking forward to doing or characters that you still are wanting to sink your teeth in. Like what's in Becky's future if you could create your own role? I honestly want to play like a woman on the verge of insanity, mm. um, perhaps like split personality or she's been imprisoned wrongfully. She's fighting. She's, you know, seeking justice. And I just want a part where I can just lose it, mm. you know, like Oscar worthy scene work. That yes. is what I want. That <laughs> I don't sounds... care if it's an indie that's made in someone's basement. Just something that is just going to push me over the edge. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I say that will probably come your way because you are a master manifester. And be careful what you wish for. Here's why I say this. When I played the, the character with the woman with multiple uh, personality disorder... Mm -hmm. I took a couple days to come back into my body. Like, I don't know if you've experienced that before where it's taking you a couple days to shake a character. It's the <sighs> first time that had ever happened to me. I felt nuts for two days after we wrapped. Oh my God, you're so method. <laughs> I didn't mean to be. Like, I certainly right. didn't like walk around my house in character on the drive there. You know, I definitely prepared myself. Um, but that last day of shooting was the, the, was the most of the screaming, the yelling, the throwing, the fighting. And, um, and then like the next day I had a house full of family members in from out of town and I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> oh my God. Your poor hubby. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did he go to a hotel for a couple of days? <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to suggest is for me, now I know, and my husband and I have already talked about it. If I take on a role like that again, 100% mama's taking a hotel room so I can decompress so that I, so that you don't get that version of me because that was not fun. And right, so when right. you book this role, which I know you're going to kill Please take some me time when you're done. <laughs> Definitely away from my poor girls. They, they, yeah, they wouldn't survive that. I don't think. Right. How old are your <laughs> so, girls now? Well, eight and 13. Oh my so. gosh. You are in the crux of the emotional hormonal stages. <laughs> oh boy. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. And uh, we're synced up, if you know what I mean. So yeah. my yeah. oldest. Oh, I get it. I get it. Now, do either of your kids have any interest in acting or the artistry? I know one does a lot of drawing, correct? Yes, I have. I actually have two artists, but the the older one is very focused and very serious in art. Very talented. I know every mom says that, but she's she's got something. Um, thankfully, neither of them have the acting bug. Okay. And I say thankfully <laughs> because, you know, been there, done that. Yeah. So it, it's hard when you're younger and you don't understand why it's such this strong compulsion, you right. know, and how it kind of draws you away from normalcy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Well, and a lot of times too, I'm sure your kids see the work that you put into it. And if that is like one of those things that is in you as a child, you would watch that work and go, yeah, I want that. And if it's not in you, you're like, oh, hell no, I don't want anything to do with that. (laughs) Oh yeah. It makes no sense to anyone on the outside. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, you, yeah, you do it like four times a day, mom. And then you're only actually working like like once a month or something. I yeah. don't get it. And I'm like, no, I'm working. All of it's yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is work. Yeah. The audition is, a you know, 90% of the job is, right. is booking the next job. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. They don't see you going to a job. You know, they see you going into your office space and, you know, doing your work. Now with you, when you get auditions, you pretty much pick it up and take it right off the page, right? You just start, start talking. That is my crazy problem process. I love and that. It, you know, doggone it, it's, it works for me. And I've tried to change. Mm-hmm. And I've tried different things. I've tried, um, you know, we audition or working with a live reader. Um, after I've prepared silently, and I, I need to work it out. I need yep. to go over it and over it, verbalize it, act it out that's part of my process. I love it. And when you do that process, do you verbalize both people's lines? Like, are you kind of saying everybody's or are you kind of hearing it as if they're speaking to you and then just saying your lines? I've actually been using this app called cold read. I've heard of that. And you know what, for me, where articulation is sort of an issue sometimes sure um I've gotten you know comments about some of my babble and and tapes and things like that it forces me to articulate because it's voice activated wow so if I do not hit the last word of the previous line it's not going to you know, advance to my reader's line on that app. Yes. So yes. it's it's actually been a wonderful tool for me. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. That yeah. is fantastic. And, and I don't have on- to rely on another human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's working for you. And that's just it. That's what I like can't stress enough is that everybody has their process and what works for somebody doesn't necessarily work for another but being open to trying multiple things until you find, oh my God, I'm booking, I'm booking, I'm booking, I'm booking, I'm booking. What's the thing? What's the component? You yes. know, and you have found your secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I think I start out and I suck. But then as I repeat, and it's almost like I'm reading through the script 10 times, except I'm acting it out 10 times. Yeah. I'm making discoveries every single take I'm like oh boom epiphany oh until you know that last time I'm like I I got it I figured it out it sings you know yeah and it might take more time than other people but that's my process. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's great. I, I admire your process. Like I said, it is working for you. So how can people connect with you on social media if they want to follow along your extremely exciting journey? Well, if they are so compelled, <laughs> I, am on, I am Becky Hayes TX on Twitter, on Instagram, which is my main social media account. I try to be there every day, several times a day, would be I 
M. Rebecca Hayes. And then I've got BeckyHayesActress.com. Okay, perfect. And then um, do you, I, you know, I, I am not in Clubhouse hardly at all anymore. Once in a blue moon, I'll jump in the Actors Breakfast Club. Are you active on Clubhouse anymore? I have been visiting the past couple of days just to see what's going on, but I've, I'm not like I used to be. Not Same. Definitely. But I'm, I'm, I am Rebecca Hayes on there too. I believe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I, I wish I still had our room going and all that fun stuff, but. But life happened. We got busy, girl. <laughs> I know. Busy is good. It is. It is. I'm not complaining at all. So is there any project or anything else that I did not mention that we didn't touch on that you wanted to share about your career, your life? Anything I, would, I missed. I would not mind some lucky mojo right now because yes. I am awaiting. I am in the mix for another network episodic. Yes. It would be a juicy fun role, and I'm really hoping it would take me to New York. So oh. um, just send me some good vibes. I'm putting all the good vibes out there. Listeners, put the good vibes out to Becky Hayes for this New York job because I can't wait to watch it. I can I feel it. it. Neener, yes. neener, neener. Exactly. And I can't <laughs> wait for you to uh, book your next job in Los Angeles so I can give you a squeeze. I I really hope that happens soon because I can't wait to see you. And I want to rub your head. I need <laughs> to. <laughs> My short hair. <laughs> yes. Yes. It feels so good. <laughs> and it was, oh, that was such a strategic move. I know. I know. Yeah. That yeah. was a manifestation haircut. Yeah, it definitely was. And God yes. bless it worked. <laughs> yeah. And you got the freaking bone structure to pull it off. So, oh, well, thank you so much. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for carving out time in the day to share your acting journey because I find it so inspirational. And um, what, are, what parting words would you have for any listener that's on their acting journey um, to keep, th- to give them a little word of inspiration today? This career is a roller coaster so when you are writing it down just know that the up is around the corner honestly and and it's going to be you know going back upwards it could be the next hour it could be the next day but it's it's up and down it's up and down you got to ride it and you got to enjoy the hell out of the ride mm-hmm mm-hmm And with that, I will close by saying, if nobody else tells you today, I believe in you. Go create some miracles and always believe that you can. Becky Hayes, it's been a pleasure. I love you. I love you too. We'll talk soon. I'm sending you some mail, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk soon. Rock your Monday. Okay, bye.